0: Welcome to Had To Be There, the podcast that allows you to explore the world's greatest destinations through the stories of those who have been there. Here to ignite the wanderlust within, your host and favorite travel planner, Kelly Acevedo.
1: Welcome back to the Had To Be There podcast. I am your host, Kelly, and this is episode 54. We have a really interesting episode ahead of us today, and I can't wait for you to meet this week's guests. But before we jump in, there are lots of updates and promos to let you in on. So let's get started. So, hey, put your sound up. You know why I think it's time for a weekly roundup, weekly roundup. Welcome back to the weekly roundup. I am here to bring you all of the news updates and promos that you may have missed over the last week in one convenient place. Lots of Disney news to catch you up on and a couple of things from the rest of the world. First piece of news Uh, They announced last week that Typhoon Lagoon is reopening as of March 19th. So that's one of Disney's water parks, the other being Blizzard Beach, which is the only one that I personally have been to. So I'm curious for my Disney fans out there. Have you been to both water parks, which is the superior one? Are you excited about Typhoon Lagoon reopening? Do you prefer Blizzard Beach? Um, I know that Typhoon Lagoon also has the uh, After Hours H2O Glow Party happening, and I know that's a big crowd pleaser, so I'm just curious uh, to hear your feedback on that. A couple of Disney promos, uh, Adventures by Disney. If you are a Disney Visa card holder, you can bundle and save with Adventures by Disney this summer. When you use your Disney Visa card to book a flight and eligible adventure with Adventures by Disney, you can save anywhere from up to 600 to up to $1,000 per person on your adventure. That's got to be booked by May 31st of this year. And if you're not a Disney Visa card holder, that's okay. You can still bundle and save when you book your eligible adventure and flight this summer. Um, anywhere from $350 off per person, all the way up to $750 off per person. Uh, so same restrictions, travel must be booked by May 30th. First. If you already have a Disney World trip booked and you're wondering how do I get from the airport to my Disney resort hotel, one of the options available to you is the Sunshine Flyer which is a new shuttle service. I've used it myself a couple of times. I'm a big fan. I recommend it to all my clients. Um, super cute. Their buses are wrapped to look like old timey uh, trains and the drivers are all like conductors with the costume and everything. It's very cute. They have been in service for 12 months. And to celebrate this milestone, all tickets are now $12. So that applies to new purchases now through May 31st. $12 is a great deal per person per way. Um, And they're great, highly recommend. So you definitely want to take advantage of that. Before we move away from Disney, I want to remind you that Disney Cruise Line uh, has some specials running and you can save up to 35% on select sailings this summer. So if you've been thinking about it and want to see if there's still space available, um, sailings out of Rome, out of Barcelona, Copenhagen, uh, Miami, Vancouver, and of course Port Canaveral, Let me know. Happy to check availability for you and see if you can save some money while we're at it. Speaking of Disney Cruise Line, if you're not following Vacations by Kelly on Instagram, I would love if you did. This week, uh, I'm highlighting Disney Cruise Line and what sets it apart from other cruise lines. So you definitely want to check that out. That's at Vacations by underscore Kelly on Instagram. As promised, let's talk about a couple of promos from the rest of the world. Um, The Grand Fiesta Americana Los Cabos All-Inclusive Golf and Spa is running a special right now. So this is a really beautiful all-inclusive resort in Mexico. And they're offering savings up to 50% plus up to $200 off. That's if you travel before October 31st, and if you book that trip now through April 3rd. So if you want more information on that, please let me know. This is a really exceptional hotel. They planned everything for guests to come and live out their vacation dreams. They've got elegant and comfortable rooms, first-class gourmet cuisine, a secluded beach for snorkeling, Soma wine spa, and exclusive access to the region's top golf courses. So you definitely don't want to miss out on that. And if you're looking to get away in the next, I don't know, month or so, uh, if you've got a little cabin fever, you want to get away from the weather, whatever it is, Park Hyatt Paris is running a special right now. And if you book three nights, they're going to give you the fourth night free. That's for travel now through April 30th. You just have to book by April 27th. So it's a real quick turnaround. But if you are feeling spontaneous and would like to see Paris, hit me up. Let's get you out there. And that's all I have for this week, so join me back again next and every week for another weekly roundup. In this week's episode, we follow the adventures of our two guests, Sandra and Hokan, as they journeyed across the vast and stunning landscape of a country nestled between Russia and China. As they traveled through the rugged terrain, they encountered welcoming nomadic communities and learned about their ancient way of life. I am so excited for you guys to hear Sandra and Hokan's story. I don't want to waste another minute. So without further ado, this is Mongolia. Hi, Sandra and Hokan, welcome to the Had To Be There podcast.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks for having us.
1: I'm so excited to chat with you guys today. But before we get into it, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Tell us a
3: little about you. Hello, my name is Sandra.
2: And my name is Hokan.
3: And we are a married couple from Sweden. But since about 10 months ago, we moved partly to Spain.
0: Ooh.
2: yeah. So we're, we're uh, dividing our time between southern Sweden and southern Spain.
1: Amazing. How did that transition come to be?
2: Ooh. I really don't know. It just kind (laughs) of happened. It was a lot of circumstances that just everything just fell into place. Uh, And we always wanted to have a base a little bit more close to mainland Europe. So uh, Spain, of course, is at the other end of Europe compared to Sweden, but uh, it ended up being the, the best choice for us when it comes to commuting back to Sweden and also getting access to the world.
1: That's amazing. I love it. How are you liking Spain?
3: We enjoy it so much. We (laughs) like the food. We like the people.
2: The weather.
3: The football. (laughs) Soccer.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's a big difference from Sweden.
1: I'm sure. And are you guys
3: born and raised in Sweden? Yes, we are. We are both from the very south part of Sweden. Born and raised.
1: Amazing. When were each of you bitten by the travel bug, so to speak?
2: Ooh, I, I remember. One of the first memories I have is when I was a child. Somebody asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up. Uh, what do I want to make do for a living? And. I know I responded, I wanted to be a truck driver because that was the only thing that I could think of that allowed me to access or to go to other countries. So wow. it's always been a very present part of uh, of my life. And I know it's the same for you, Sandra.
3: Yeah, I didn't really want to be a truck driver though. <laughs> <laughs> but I have always been interested in geography, nature, animals Mm. ever since I was a kid. And my parents traveled a lot, so I wanted to do like them. I wanted to travel a lot and see all the places they came home and tell me uh, the places they came home and told me about. Mm. Oh, wow.
1: Do you remember the first trip that you took that you were like, "Okay, yeah, this is what I want to (laughs) do?
2: Ooh, that's a tough question.
3: I remember I was 14 years old and I came to New York mm. and I was knocked out. <laughs> it was wow. This huge city with all the people, all kinds of different people, smells, mm-hmm. food, people talking, walking fast, it, it was amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's a great experience. New York is a great spot if you're, you know, to get you hooked on uh, seeing new places, I think. You
2: absolutely, have absolutely. every a,
3: a piece of the whole world in one city. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Do
1: you have a running tally as to how many different places you've been able to
2: see? Yes, we have... Um, we, since uh, about a year back, we started a YouTube travel channel. And one of the things that we, the research we put into starting that channel was to actually write down each destination that we had been to as a couple, uh, so mm-hmm. we've, been, we've been to several other destinations on our own before we met, but as a couple, we have visited 52 countries, right? 52. 52. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's very impressive. Yeah, so we, we are aiming to, to visit 100 countries. That's one of the goals that we have set. And um, yeah, we're gonna, really going to do a push for it later on this year. But we have some exciting things planned. But we can't talk about it just right now. <laughs> it's it's oh, not yet. but uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly.
3: <laughs> now, how did you two meet? We actually met at work both of us was working at a radio station, and we were hosting the morning show. Oh! So it started out as friendship, and then yeah. uh, one night we were actually sitting and talking about traveling.
2: And actually, we talked about moving to Spain. Yes. <laughs> Funny enough. Um, oh my gosh! And like fifteen or twenty years later, we actually made a move. Yeah.
3: And I That's remember. That's incredible. <laughs> yes, I remember. I. I, I sat there and I realized, oh, my God, this is this is what I want to do. And this is with whom I really want to do it with.
1: Oh, I yeah. love that. <laughs> That's so sweet. Now, you guys are taking us somewhere pretty unique today. Why don't you tell us where this story takes place? It takes place on the
3: Trans-Mongolian Railway. So
2: it's one of the things that we we really wanted to do it and now given what's happening in the world we're really glad that we did it when we did it because now it's not possible for us uh, at least as swedish citizens to enter um you, you need to enter russia first to to start right. the journey and um, that's really not an option anymore. So, so we did it. I, I don't remember what year, but like two thousand and nineteen. Nineteen. So it was oh, okay. fairly close to the pandemic, uh, yeah. the Corona pandemic, and, and then later on the war with Ukraine. So, so it was right. just in the nick of time. We we really squeezed it in before everything started. Yeah, to it was just meant to be. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> exactly.
1: <laughs> what
3: motivated you to want to visit uh, this area? Um, for me, it was my parents again who came home in the early 90s and had done the Trans-Siberian Railway. Mm. And I thought it sounded so amazing to travel by train through the whole country of Russia.
2: Mm. I That's think just, very unique. Yeah, yeah it's just, it's, it's, it's one of those adventures you really need to, you know, take off your bucket list. So, yeah. We just had
1: to do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Had to be there. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) So tell me a little bit about this experience.
3: It was a 19-day tour, a train ride, and it was. uh, It started in Moscow. Yes. And we had one day in Moscow to explore this beautiful city. I wish we had more time, but we rushed through it and still we need got to see a lot of important things sightseeing Mm -hmm. like the basilian church it was wow beautiful and then we jumped on the train at midnight Mm settle in and it started off with four days
2: (laughs) four days just riding trains through a forest (laughs) but nothing changed the scenery didn't change at all. It was just Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> just the same thing going by outside your window. So yeah.
3: And we had no internet, so we needed to just relax and read mm-hmm. books, talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And actually got a lot of sleep as well because it was very comforting. The train. Yeah. Rocking you <laughs> to sleep. Mm. Yeah.
1: That actually sounds kind of nice. You're kind of forced to unplug uh,
0: yeah, and just and kind first, of be.
2: Yeah, yeah, at first that was really, for me, I'm not very good at not doing anything. So, so <laughs> I, I was struggling the first couple of days, but mm. once you got a hang of it, it was really, really nice just to allow yourself to do absolutely nothing. It's so seldom you take the time, at least I take the time to do that. So wow.
3: and we, we had the opportunity to meet our uh, the, the rest of the travelers on the train. And the fun mm. thing is that next to us was a woman. She was 81 years old. Wow. She was also Swedish. And every day she came into our cabin and she took a seat and she entertained us with oh, about an, yes, an hour about her life and it was going on for these four days and then there was another little kid she was only two years old and she came running through the train mm-hmm. laughing playing so we got a lot of entertainment as well on sure. the the sure that's so cute <laughs>
1: Oh, I like that a lot. It's like a little community on wheels.
3: Yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> There's really, you have nowhere to go. So you're kind of forced to, you know, socialize <laughs> with, with your neighbors, whether you like right. it or not. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so your had to be there moment happened in Mongolia itself, right?
2: Oh, yes. yes. We opted to, you can take several different routes on the train. The Trans-Siberian Railway is probably the most famous one. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And the route that we took kind of veered off from that route. And we went from... Uh, the middle of Russia, we went south instead of straight east as the mm-hmm. uh, Trans-Siberian Railway uh, does. So we went down to Mongolia and then further on to Beijing in China. And then we went home from China. But Mongolia was probably, uh, I don't want to speak for you, Sandra, but, but that was the gem of the trip, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Oh
1: that wow. That was
2: really special.
3: All right. Well, give it to me. Tell me all about it. First of all, the name of the capital, Ulaanbaatar. Wow. I'm so glad you said that because I was like, I have no idea how to pronounce this. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> and you end up in, it's so far away from home. Mm. And Ulaanbaatar is a big city. So it didn't look that different, but it is still different. It's a, um, they are Buddhist. Yes, a
2: Buddhist country, yes.
3: And very friendly people, eating a lot of... We are vegetarians, so we really Mm. appreciate a lot of veggies. And all the cuisine was perfect for a vegetarian. So, super good. (laughs) And then the scenery, the nature, because we went off from Ulaanbaatar on a four-hour bus drive, straight out Almost to the
2: Gobi Desert, mm. where we ended up
3: with a nomad, um,
2: a tribe, a nomad tribe that invited us to stay with them for like three nights, three something nights. like that. So we wow. had to stay in 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 their accommodations, so like yurts uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. There was absolutely. Nobody else for miles and miles and miles. Not even close. Wow. So, just alone with the uh, with the people who actually stay there, and they they had animals, a lot of wild horses that they kind of kept track of. I guess I am not <laughs> sure what they did with them, but the, they had them and camels as well. I yeah. think that's the only thing that was there for entertainment basically wow <laughs>
3: camels and sheep they sheep yeah right they sheep. did this really good sheep cheese homemade Ooh. it was brown but it still was really tasty yeah interesting
2: they were kind of they're, they're really self-sufficient so everything that they eat they grow themselves or hunt themselves or um Take yeah. care of themselves in a way. So, but being vegetarian there was not the easiest uh, <laughs> easiest thing because it was a lot of it was a lot of meat based food I bet. basically. So yeah. yeah, we had to pick out all the meat and just eat the veggies and the potato or whatnot. So yeah, right? Yeah, we got a little wow. bit slimmer. Uh,
1: <laughs> those days. So that, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that.
2: <laughs> Absolutely not. No.
0: The Had To Be There Podcast is brought to you by Vacations by Kelly, where your host becomes your travel agent. As a proud affiliate of Academy Travel, Kelly specializes in Disney destinations and can help with all non-Disney excursions worldwide as well. When you book with Kelly, you're getting much more than a travel agent. You're getting a personalized concierge-level travel partner. And the best part? Her services are completely free. It's true. So when you're ready to make your next travel dream a reality, Vacations by Kelly is ready to make it happen. Visit hadtobethere.net slash vacations to get started.
1: And you had the opportunity to
3: ride these semi-wild horses, right? Oh, yes. And that was quite intense because the horses are not very big, but they Mm. are almost wild so they are very sensitive to movements and sounds so you need to not shout or just Mm -hmm. be still and but it was quite amazing and I remember when we took this horseback ride out to the Gobi Desert one of the girls uh, in our group she had her phone with her and all of a sudden we had this uh, access um, she could um, access the internet Mm -hmm. So she started a live broadcast in the middle of nowhere, in the Gobi Desert. Wow.
1: That's so cool.
3: Yes.
2: It was actually the first time and only time ever that I've been riding a horse was in Mongolia. (gasps) Really? Yeah. How was um, that as your first experience? (laughs) Really scary. (laughs) <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I had this, uh, you know, wh- when I was up on the horse, because you had no saddle, nothing, just right. right up on the horse and then somebody held the horse. And But the way I experienced it from the horseback was that it was going so fast and I was like, clinging on for dear life and then somebody <laughs> has taken a video and showed me afterward and the horse almost stands still. <laughs> <laughs> it barely moves, but, but my experience is completely different. So.
1: <laughs> That's not how you remember it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it
2: sounds a lot better. My story is a lot better than the real story, so, yeah. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Now, how did you come to find this tribe of nomads in the Gobi Desert?
2: We actually, uh, when we booked the trip we we always want to do you know book our trips ourselves so we can design them to what we really like but it Mm -hmm. was way too complicated to book the train ride and for us being swedish citizens we needed to have visas for of course every country but not only visas you can apply online we needed to go to embassies and Mm -hmm. have our fingerprints taken so so we actually opted for Uh, a a tour company that helped us with it so so they were not a part of the journey at all but they Mm -hmm. arranged everything for us so so we had people who uh, actually hooked us up with this tribe Uh, otherwise i think we would have a hard time to be able to to have that kind of experience because it's not uh, mongolia is not so they're not that used to to tourists, I think. So it's right. it's a lot harder to to plan and uh, carry out your own um, uh, itinerary.
1: Yeah, uh, basically. Yeah. So. Wow. So tell me a little bit about what it was like staying with within this tribe for those three nights. What did you learn from those interactions?
3: Well, it was it was during the summer. So the weather was quite nice it was like a bad Swedish summer day with a little wind and rain but still not too cold mm-hmm. but the dirts, they were oh they were so beautiful because they have very big furnitures big beds wooden Whoa. beds mm. painted in orange with blue flowers very bright colors mm. and they have these oh this soft duvets and blankets and a lot of pillows so when we went to bed because it was quite cold during the night but -hmm. when you went to bed and the nomads came in and they lit the stove in the middle of the yard, and you just oh it got so warm and you felt like you were on a luxury spa actually (laughs) wow Oh, These your was... sound nicer than my house.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, they were so really pretty with this big furnitures. There were closets with even more duvets and blankets and and the stove. And I woke up at the middle of the night and I needed to sneak out to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And it was all quiet. And the sky was so it was like velvet, dark, with all these thousands of stars. Wow. And I remember I just stood there in the middle of the night. Oh my God, I'm actually here in the Gobi yeah. Desert with the stars. That was a very, very intense moment. was th- th- amazing.
2: Yeah, the only thing you could could hear during the night, because they they came in. During the night, that was kind of weird. <laughs> the first night that you, I woke up and there was somebody else in the room, <laughs> but, but they were tending to the fire. So uh, they knew kind of approximately when the fire was going to uh, be burnt out and then they put oh. in more wood into the stove. So they went into every yurt, really quiet. Wow. So, um, but just laying there, and and um, the chimney actually has a hole around it, so you can see the stars from the inside of the yurts as well. And the only thing you can hear is the the sparkles from the fire, the, the wood cracking. It's it wow. was one one of those things that I think we're gonna carry with us for the rest of our lives. Those one of those moments.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. What advice would you give to someone who was planning to visit Mongolia or take that Trans-Mongolian Rail Railway? What would what advice would you give to those people?
2: I would probably say that I I think we did right. It It was a good thing for us that we. Uh, got in touch with this agency that helped us to set Mm. it up because it's really hard to just buying the train tickets. I looked into it and uh, we were thinking about doing it ourselves at first. And it's really complicated. Uh, Just buying the train tickets is really hard. And we wanted to make a lot of stops along the way. So I think it's easier if you just want to do the train ride and ride for, I think, it's seven or eight straight days from end to end, um, but we wanted to do, I think we had three or four stops along the way that we wanted to get off and have several days uh, in, in cities along the way. Yeah. And, and I don't think we would be able to actually just book the train ride, let alone book like the, the meeting with the tribe or the, the excursion outside uh, mm-hmm. Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia. So I think that's, that's one advice. Uh, get help. It's well worth the money yeah. to to have an agency that helps you set it up and actually make sure that you're on the right train at the right time. Um, yeah. You don't want to be stranded advice. in yeah, you don't want to be stranded in Russia in the middle no. of uh, nowhere. So
1: <laughs> certainly not. <laughs> no. Mm. Why should everyone add this experience to their bucket list?
3: Because, yeah, because it's so unique, um, <laughs> but still not hard to do. Yeah. I think people will think it's a, a such a long journey, such a long way to go. And mm. I don't know, but just do it. Mm.
2: And you get a it. chance to unplug. Um, uh, I think that's the train ride in itself is uh, is an experience. Just since you have no internet access, and that's that's really weird <laughs> being off grid. It's
3: uh, and then you don't want to.
2: Unique... Oh, I'm sorry. No, you got. Had...
3: And then you don't want to get off the train because it's so <laughs> relaxing. Yeah,
2: that's oh, a funny thing because everybody was saying the same thing that there was riding the train. That after two days, everybody said, oh, we want to get off. Uh, it's two more days until we get to this." city where everybody is getting off and stay a couple of days. But once we got to that point where everybody actually had to go off the train, nobody wanted to leave because <laughs> everybody has settled into this kind of life on the train, just <clears throat> doing nothing, just watching the, the, the forest go by. And yeah. you, One weird thing is just moving through all these time zones because you're constantly traveling east oh and yeah so, so just eating dinner is you're eating all the time because it's always dinner <laughs> time <laughs> so i mean the, just the train and ride in itself is an experience so yeah
3: oh man i love it and there's um, I, go ahead and i was thinking maybe you think about hygiene there are no showers there is mm-hmm. there is water so you can wash your hands when you have been to the bathroom mm-hmm. but there are no showers but after four days you don't care <laughs> at all actually <laughs> because you can take these wet wipes and baby wipes and use sure. it and everybody else in this is in the same situation and right it's not necessarily the most important thing anymore. Mm.
2: That's actually a good piece of advice as well, bring wet wipes and bring a lot of instant food, because the only thing, there's a restaurant carrier um, carriage on the train, mm-hmm. but they, they're open when they want to and they serve what they want to. Mm. Um, uh, but you always have access to hot water. So we, we stocked up on all these, you know, ramen, instant ramen, sure, yeah. uh, mashed potato, everything that you can just mix with hot water. So stock up on that before uh, going on the train. Mm, great I think that's tip. also Yeah, that's also a piece of good advice.
1: <laughs> um, I'd love to ask about some of the other places that you visited. Yes. Do you have a... Favorite travel destination, one that keeps calling you back again and again?
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, I think we we mostly travel to to bigger cities. Uh, Mm -hmm. We we rarely do things that's outside of uh, urban environments. So I think when we have the only city we actually have returned to because we have wanted to is Los Angeles. And I don't know why we've been there several times and there's just something about LA that we, I think both really love. But if we should single out one destination, I think it's going to be something else. I think it was at least for Tokyo. Tokyo by far, yeah.
3: Or Japan, the the whole country. I would really like to go back to Japan. Interesting. Very cool.
1: What is the craziest thing you've ever done while
3: traveling? Are we that crazy? (laughs) I don't know if we're crazy, but I think we are crazy enough to just go traveling a long yeah. distance within a short notice of time. We don't do that much planning mm-hmm. uh, ahead. So we You're can You're just go. winging it. Yes. Yeah. We know mm-hmm. that we have three weeks vacation this summer and then we book the trip and we go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like I that. I think that's a little crazy sometimes because. I agree. I we agree. We just jump on a <laughs> 12 hour plane and go to South America to explore Buenos Aires Oh my goodness,
1: (laughs) wild. What is your go-to travel accessory? What do you always keep in your carry-on bag?
3: A lot of technique, I think.
1: Uh, (laughs)
2: Nowadays, it's a lot of batteries and cameras and drones and everything else we need to make these travel vlogs. uh, apart from that uh, noise canceling headphones yes uh, i n- i never Ooh. travel without them um, that's a uh, good one yeah i think travel th- there's a really you know a really sharp uh, divider in uh, when we travel without them and mm-hmm. you know you have these long haul flights and you, you arrive at the destination and you're just so tired and all yeah. of a sudden with these noise canceling headphones you're Kind of fresh after a 12 hour flight <laughs> uh, fresher than you. As fresh as you can be. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I think that's that's one thing that I that's the first thing I make sure that they are uh, they have some juice in and, uh, and they're, they're the first thing I pack.
1: That's a good one. Yeah. What is the most unique hotel or accommodations you've stayed in?
2: We've stayed at a lot of weird places. We, we, we <laughs> don't really prioritize hotel. We've never done that. I don't know why. It's just like we, we're only sleeping there. But right? if we should single out one, we stayed at a capsule hotel. Yes.
3: Oh, yes. That's
2: that's, that's kind of a really weird. cool hotel. Yeah. So it's just a tiny capsule, like a space capsule, just a, barely a bed. And oh, you have wow. like... I don't know, twenty centimeters from your nose to the ceiling, <laughs> uh, and and you crawl into this tiny space and push a button and everything just closes down and you're you you cannot move. <laughs> oh my <laughs> so goodness! You're just stuck in this capsule for the for the whole night. I think that's yeah. probably the most unique, right? The yeah. yurt is also quite unique. That's Mongolia, very so, unique. Yeah. Where was that
1: capsule hotel? It was in Vienna, oh. Austria. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Wow, so a little lots. claustrophobic, but very yeah, cool. It, it, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And a little weird. It was a hostel, so there was uh, like ten mm. uh, yeah. different capsules, but still, they were on top of each other, so mm-hmm. you could really hear the neighbor upstairs, <laughs> but still, <laughs> still nobody could see you. <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> Which destination has had the best? food
2: oh it has to be somewhere in southeast asia i think like vietnam or thailand oh. probably or cambodia or some the sushi
3: in japan tokyo
2: sushi yeah mm. but i think vietnam has for us being vegetarians it's it's yeah. a, oh no india of course
3: oh India. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I India. love Indian food.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's the only it's a unique experience just going to McDonald's and everything is vegetarian. <laughs> so if you're want uh, like a Big Mac with, with meat in it, you really have to beg them to, to do it. They don't they don't wow. serve it. So they have like one chicken dish or um, something and the rest is just vegetarian. It's an amazing country to to uh, just eat your way around. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I noticed on your YouTube channel, you have a few different videos trying beer in different places. Which yes. country so far has had the best beer? Ooh, that's also a tough. one. I
3: think we actually have the best beer right for now, right here in Spain. Oh, yes. yeah. In Malaga. There is a beer place that serves, so far, the best beer we have had. Excellent. So you're right there then.
2: Yes.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Which destination has had the friendliest locals?
2: There are a lot of places where... I mean, most people are friendly, no matter where you're traveling mm-hmm. to. But I think Japan is—I think that's one of the reasons why we want to go back to Tokyo. Is because people were really friendly and really nobody spoke English, and everybody was, you know, going above and beyond trying to help you in any way that they could. Anyway, oh, and I
1: love that.
2: Yeah, so I think that. But also, like the the Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, once again. Really Mm -hmm. all very, very friendly countries.
1: Yeah. Which country has the best
2: beaches? Mm. Australia. Australia, yeah. Ooh, good answer.
3: Actually just been to Sydney, so, but there was-
2: And Cairns. And Cairns. Up north Mm -hmm. with uh, the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, Mm And so we did a lot of diving there. Uh, Amazing.
1: Oh, I love it. What's currently at the top of your travel bucket list?
3: Oh, it's such a long list. (laughs) Um.
2: I think one of the things, for me at least, is... um, uh, I want, we have been to Nepal before, but mm-hmm. I really want to go back there, but do the trek to Mount Everest base camp. I think that's one of the things that's right there on the Ooh, you know, top of one. the list. Yeah.
3: And I will really go to Sri Lanka. Ooh. Because it's very close to India and I assume the food is uh, as good as in India. And they have tigers on Sri Lanka. True. Those are great answers. I think those are
1: <laughs> both a first for the show. Very cool. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine to see a wild tiger in the oh jungle. Oh my goodness. That sounds incredible. A little scary, but a little incredible. little scary, yes. <laughs> So, talk to me a little bit about exploring Planet Home. How did you come up with this concept? What made you want to share these experiences with people?
2: I think um, it all started actually when we were doing the Trans Mongolian Railway because when we were, um, I was looking into how to book it, what to do. Uh, mm-hmm. We came across a couple of other really great uh, vloggers. Uh, on YouTube and we thought the format in itself, like doing travel videos was really fun way to document mostly for our own, for us to have like m- memories to go back to and revisit places in the future. Um, and then also for me, I work with a lot of, uh, I, I run a company in Sweden, uh, that actually do a lot of video, uh, videography. So mm. it was kind of. Time for me to actually try it out myself. Um, so, so I think that's where it started, and then it's evolved into something that I think is mo- still mostly for us. It's it's a really fun thing uh, for us to do when we travel, but also yeah. a way to inspire yeah. as many other people as possible to actually go out and explore things. There's so much to see in this world, so. If if we can inspire one person to to actually book a plane ticket somewhere or train ticket somewhere, uh, then 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 I'm I'm happy about it.
1: Amazing. And I think you're definitely doing just that. (laughs) Oh, thank you. you. (laughs) I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you guys taking the time out to chat with me today. It's been so fun getting to know you and hearing some of your stories Tell me, before I let you go, where can we find you?
2: You can find us on YouTube. Uh, If you uh, uh, search for Exploring Planet Home, uh, you will find our uh, channel there and also on Instagram.
3: And we are called Exploring Planet Home on Instagram as well.
1: Very easy. (laughs) Very easy. I'll definitely include links in the episode show notes so we can find you. Thank you so much. I hope that you'll come back the next time you have one of those had to be there moments and share it with us. Thank you, Candy. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having
2: us. (laughs)
0: If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to show your support is to rate or review us on whatever platform you're listening. And if this episode left you feeling like you just had to be there, reach out to Kelly to start planning an adventure of your own. Don't forget to follow us at HadToBeThere203 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And visit our website, www.HadToBeThere.net. Until next time, get out there and make your own Had To Be There memories.